Well, hello, and welcome to Auditing the Capital Global Markets with Allison. A very hello and good day to you all. Welcome to Auditing the Global Capital Markets with Allison Johnson. It is my pleasure to bring in this beautiful springtime, April 2023, with the latest in the global capital markets. Today, we're going to dive into a new United Nations report on the status of our 8 billion human population on this beautiful planet Earth. Looks like we have some changes announced immediately for the middle of April. So, the latest developments in the population analysis from the United Nations Population Fund is that India has just surpassed China to become the world's most populous nation. This marks yet another step for India as the next big thing. With more than 1.4 billion people right now, and we thank all of the research that's being done across the globe to understand our 8 billion population, we can now see from the stats of India that the jewel of the East has the potential to become the global economic powerhouse in the next 10 years. The key drivers for India to move into that direction are number one, strong economic growth. India has been one of the fastest growing major economies in the world with a consistent GDP growth rate averaging above 7% over the last decade, this trend is expected to continue, driven by a young and growing population, rising consumer demand, increasing urbanization, and a thriving services sector. They also have a demographic advantage. India has a demographic advantage with a large, young, and aspirational population, with over 65% of its population below the age of 35. India has a vast workforce that can drive economic growth in the coming years. The third major driver for these decades to come will be innovation and technology. India has been making significant strides in innovation and technology. The country has a booming startup ecosystem with a growing number of unicorns emerging in areas like financial technology or fintech, e-commerce, artificial intelligence or AI, and Web3, which is the next level of the internet. Also, it has a strong base of skilled IT or information technology professionals and has become a global hub for software development and information technology services. Attracting major multinational corporations to set up their operations in the country of India. The fourth major driver will be favorable government policies. The Indian government has been implementing a series of economic reforms to attract foreign investment promote ease of doing business, and boost economic growth. Perfect examples of that are initiatives like, quote, make in India, unquote, quote, digital India, unquote, and, quote, startup India, unquote, which have been launched to create a conducive environment for 
for businesses to thrive. The fifth major driver will be the rising middle class and consumer demand. India has a rapidly growing middle class with increasing disposable incomes, which is driving demand for goods and services. This growing consumer base presents significant opportunities for businesses to tap into, particularly in sectors such as retail, consumer goods, healthcare, and financial services. The future is always uncertain, but India has everything to fully realize its potential and become a dominant economic powerhouse. This is the new world order. So we can see that India now has over 1.4286 billion people, while China just has 1.4258 billion people. So India is now 17.8% of the world's population. So just a fabulous testimony to the transformation that's happening all across this world. Now, if we look at some of the analysis, for instance, coming from Britannica, Britannica sees that India will surpass China to be the most populous nation by the middle of this year. And this is from the United Nations data that was sent out yesterday, raising questions about whether a booming young Indian population will fuel economic growth for years to come. So this is according to the Associated Press and the Britannica magazine. While India's 254 million people between the ages of 15 and 24 are the largest numbers in the world, China is struggling with an aging population and stagnant population growth. That has sparked expectations that the demographic changes could pave the way for India to become an economic and global heavyweight. India's young citizenry could drive the country's economic growth for years to come, but it might just as easily become a problem if they aren't adequately employed. Economists have cautioned that even as India's economy is among the fastest growing as its population rises, joblessness has also swelled. Tech giant Apple, among other companies, hopes to turn India into a potential manufacturing hub as it moves some production out of China, where wages are rising as the working age population shrinks. The United Nations report said India will have about 2.9 million people more than China sometime in the middle of this year of 2023. India will have an estimated 4.286 billion people at that time, according to the United Nations projections. Demographers say the limits of population data make it impossible to calculate an exact date, as India has not done a census since 2011. China has had the world's largest population since at least 1950, the year the United Nations began issuing population data. Both China and India have the more than 1.4 billion people and combined, they make up more than a third of the world's 8 billion people. Not long ago, India wasn't expected to become the most populous until later this decade, but the timing has been sped up by a drop in China's fertility rate with families having fewer children. India, by contrast, 
has a much younger population, a higher fertility rate, and has seen a decrease in infant mortality over the last three decades. Still, the country's fertility rate has been steadily falling from over five births per woman in 1960 to just over two in 2020, according to World Bank data. The country's population has more than quadrupled since gaining independence 76 years ago. As India looks set to become the world's largest country, it is grappling with the growing threat of climate change, deep inequalities between its urban and rural populations, economic disparities between its men and women, and a widening religious divide. In a survey of 1,007 Indians conducted by the United Nations in conjunction with the report, 63% of respondents said economic issues were their top concern when thinking about population change, followed by worries about the environment, health, and human rights. The Indian survey findings suggest that population anxieties have seeped into large portions of the general public, yet population numbers should not trigger anxiety or create alarm, according to Andrea Rojner, the United Nations Population Fund's representative for India. In a statement, she added that they should be seen as a symbol of progress and development if individual rights and choices are being upheld. Now, many are banking on India's rising number of working age people to give it a demographic dividend. A demographic dividend is the potential for economic growth when a country's young population is eclipsed in terms of its share of older people who are beyond their working years. And that's what's helped China cement its place as a global power, because China had a demographic dividend as well, where its young population was eclipsing its older population. Now, according to Mahesh Vyas, the director of the Center for Monitoring the Indian Economy, quote, so far, we have not been able to tap into our demographic dividend adequately. While the working age population has grown quite substantially, employment has not grown, unquote. He also added that the country has struggled to create additional employment in the last six years, with the number of jobs stagnant at 405 million. And we can imagine with a population of almost 1.4 to 1.45 billion with only 405 million in the actual employment in formal and formal sectors, that's not sufficient. India has had a phenomenal transformation from an impoverished nation in 1947 into an emerging global power whose $3 trillion economy is Asia's third largest. So we know from former radio programs and uh, podcasts that we have Japan in Asia as the number one economy and China as the number two. So India is the number three largest economy in Asia. It is a major exporter of things like software and vaccines and millions have escaped poverty into a growing aspirational middle-class as its highest skilled sectors have soared. But so has joblessness. According to that same center, 
for monitoring the Indian economy, the CMIE statistics from 2022, quote, have only 40% of the working age Indians as employed, unquote. So Hunam Mutreja, the head of the Population Foundation of India, agreed, saying the country must plan better for its young people. She also said, quote, this large population will need a huge investment in skills for them to take advantage of the opportunities that will come up in the economy for participating in jobs. But we have to also create more jobs for them. You know, she also added that investments were also needed in education. Returning to China, China responded to the news of the United Nations report on April 19th, 2023, Wednesday, with foreign ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin saying, quote, a country's demographic dividend depends not only on quantity, but also on quality, unquote. Quote, the population is important, so is talent. China's demographic dividend has not disappeared. The talent dividend is taking place and development momentum remains strong, unquote. From the briefing with the foreign ministry spokesperson, Wang Wenbin. Very interesting analysis of all the developments in India. So let's also look at where, from the global capital markets perspective, we have the movement and momentum uh, for all of this development happening in India. It's interesting that we're looking at a situation where with only a $3 trillion economy and such a huge population, we would like to look at where the money is concentrating in India. And so what we're going to turn to now is an overall analysis of the economic and financial elite population in India and their control of the Indian economy and where most of the funds are being focused um, as we look at some of the major players in the Indian economy. So we're going to review where things are standing at this point. Uh, and let's look at the situation according to Wikipedia, giving us just the overall viewpoint. So right now, the list of richest Indians by net worth based on an annual assessment of wealth and assets compiled and published by Forbes magazine. As of April, 2023, India has 167 billionaires, which put the country third in the world after the USA, which is number one, and China, which is number two. Currently, as of April, 2023, Mukesh Ambani, the chairman and largest shareholder of Reliance Industries, has been the richest Indian for 14 consecutive years. He is currently world's 10th richest person in the world, according to Forbes magazine. And Savitri Jindal is currently India's richest woman, topping the list at the sixth position of the richest Indian in India. So let's review the top 25 richest Indians and also review the industries. And I will make a note as we go through the 25, 
because we'll be looking at all of the top countries as we've done in past programs to review where the industries are that most of the elites are dominating in terms of the global capital markets as we begin to dissect where the money is going and what it's being used for as we audit the global capital markets with Allison every week. So as we mentioned, the number one richest person in India is Mukesh Ambani at $83.4 billion for the company of Reliance Industries, which is across petrochemicals, telecommunications, and retail. Obviously, we're knowing the power of petrochemicals, the fossil fuel industry, uh, from our review in other markets of the European Union and the United States of America. Returning to India, the second largest uh, billionaire and richest person is Gautam Adani at $47.2 billion for the Adani Group, which is across commodities, the ports, power generation and transmission, real estate, defense, airport, and data centers. Third largest uh, person in terms of wealth is Shiv Nadar at $25.6 billion with HCL Technologies, a IT services and consulting company. Number four is Cyrus Punawala, $22.6 billion with the Serum Institute of India for vaccines. Number five is Lakshmi Mittal at $17.7 billion with Arcelor Mittal, which is steel. Number six is Savitri Jindal, $17.5 billion with the JSW Group and Jindal Steel and Power. And that group of companies is in steel, energy, cement, and infrastructure. Number seven is Dilip Shangvi at $15.6 billion with Sun Pharmaceuticals Industries. And obviously they're in the pharmaceuticals industries. Eighth richest person in India is Radha Kishan Damani, $15.3 billion with Avenue Supermarks. Again, Avenue Supermarks and DMART. And those companies are in investments and retail. The ninth richest person in India is Kumar Mangalam Birla at $14.2 billion with the Aditya Birla Group in textiles, telecom, and cement. The 10th largest is Uday Kotak at $12.9 billion with the Kotak Mahindra Bank, obviously in banking. And then number 11th richest is Azim Premji at $9.2 billion in the Wipro Group, which is in IT services and consulting. The 12th richest is Ravi Jaipuria at $8.6 billion at the RJ Corporation, which is in fast food. And then the 13th largest is Kushal Paul Singh with $8.2 billion in the DLF, which is in real estate. You then have Hashmuk Shudgar and family, and they're at $7.6 billion with Intas Pharmaceuticals, obviously in the pharmaceuticals industry, the 15th largest uh, billionaire in India is Benu Gopal Bangur at $7.3 billion in Sri Cement, 
obviously in the cement industry, and the 16th largest is Rohika Cyrus Mystery at $7 billion in the Shapurji Palaonji Group or construction and real estate industries. The 17th largest is Ashwin Dani and $7 billion with Asian paints in the paints industry. And the 18th richest is Sunil Mittal at $6.1 billion with Barty Enterprises, which is in the telecom industry. The 19th richest is Gopikishan Damani and family, which is at 6.0 billion, again, in Avenue Supermarts and DMART, which are in investments and retail. You then have the 20th richest, which is Vikram Lal at 5.6 billion, who owns Aishur Motors, which is an automotive, you then have the 21st richest Mahendra Shoksi and family, and they're at 5.4 billion, again with Asian paints, with the paints industry. And then you have M.A. Yusuf Ali at $5.3 billion in the Lulu Group International, which also is in retail. You have Mickey Jag Tiani at $5.2 billion owner of the Landmark Group, which is in retail, hospitality, and healthcare. Next, you have Rekha Junjunwala at $5.1 billion, uh, owner of Rare Enterprises, and that's an investments firm. You then have the 25th largest, which is Morali Deviant Family at $4.9 billion, and they're the owners of Divi's Laboratories, also in pharmaceuticals. So we can see the trend with the richest 25 elites in India heavily invested in pharmaceuticals, retail, healthcare, hospitality, construction, infrastructure, real estate, telecommunications, banking, information technology, steel, energy, petrochemicals, and in energy generation and power generation and transmission. Let's also make a note of the richest women in India, the top five women who are moving up. Number one, we've already mentioned, is Savitri Jindal at $17.5 billion in net worth through her company, JSW Group, Jindal Steel and Power. The sources of the wealth are steel, energy, cement, and infrastructure. The second richest is Rohika Cyrus Mystery at 7 billion, owner of Shapurji Palonji Group in construction and real estate. And the third largest, Rekha Junjunwala at $5.1 billion, owner of Rare Enterprises, an investments firm. The fourth richest woman is Lena Tawari at $3.4 billion, owner of USV private limited, also a pharmaceuticals company. And lastly, the fifth largest one, a woman in terms of net worth is Smita Krishna Godrej at $2.8 billion, owner of the Godrej Group, which is in consumer goods and real estate. So we have some themes here across the board for the elites of India, which really echo what we've been talking about across the board. And we can see again from our other studies in past weeks, what we're looking at in terms of the concentration of wealth 
in industries that were looking to transform, and yet the money is very concentrated in petrochemicals, in the fossil fuel industries, in the energy sector, as well as in infrastructure, commercial and residential real estate, and construction overall, all industries that are contributing to greenhouse gases and the growing problem of climate change. And so important to make a note of where those industries are really blocking the movement into more green technologies. So let's continue to review the very interesting discussion of the richest people in India and where they're concentrating their wealth and then understanding the industries that they're working in. If you look at the top 100 richest people in India that go beyond the 25 that we've just currently covered, you can see that there's a tremendous amount um, of diversified companies uh, from food and beverage companies to fashion and retail into the service industries, finance and investments, retail, fashion, construction, and engineering, going into healthcare, information technology, and of course, everything having to do with manufacturing, the automotive industries. Those are all the major industries that are really pushing the Indian economy forward and growing. And obviously as a result, tremendous amount of wealth being generated. And you can see, I'm looking at the top 100, from the Forbes list of the richest people in India that a tremendous amount uh, is concentrating in those areas. And as you get further down the 100 list, you see also uh, investments dominating in metals, in mining, and uh, the other industries that we've mentioned, automotive, fashion, retail, media and entertainment, technology, healthcare, automotive, manufacturing. So these are the areas that you, you tend to see uh, all of the dominance. So when we turn to continuing to cover the richest people in the world and looking at where the money is being concentrated and auditing the global capital markets, let's now turn to what we're looking at for China. Because I think it's important to contrast the Indian market with the Chinese market as they are becoming the richest uh, countries in the world. So if we look at China and we look at the statistics for the richest people in China, I think it's good if we start uh, by the same ranking of the first you know, top 22 in this case. As of January, 2022, Zong Shan Shan topped the list of the richest people in China with a net worth of $72 billion. And then the second was Zhang Yiming, the founder of ByteDance and the developer of TikTok and Tu Chao. And then that was number two. While Ma Wate and Ma Yun, the founders of the IT giants Tencent and Alibaba, uh, suffered considerable financial losses and fell back to the fourth and fifth place, respectively. So we can see Yang Shan Shan at 72 billion, Zhang Ziming for ByteDance at 54 billion, Zhang Yuquan at 53 billion, 
Ma Wateng with Tencent at 52 billion, and Ma Yun and family for Alibaba at 37 billion, and then He Xing Chan and family at 36 billion, Ding Lei with NetEase at 33 billion, Wang Wei of Shun Feng Express at 30 billion, Quin Ying Lin and Quin Ying of Ma Yan, Ma Yun at 28 billion. Chen Junhua and Fan Hongwei at 27 billion with Heng Li. And then Yang Yan and family with Country Garden at 26 billion. And then Wang Xinlin with CATL at 24 billion. And Li Shufu and family with Gi Li at 24 billion. And then Pang Kang with Haitian at 23 billion. Wei Zhuanjun and Han Zhuizhuan at Great Wall Motor with 23 billion. Wang Xuanfu with BYD at 22 billion. Lu Shangjing and Lu Yangwu at East Hope with 21 billion. And Zhang Zidong with Tencent, the other owner of Tencent uh, at 21 billion. And the last final ones are Lu Shangyang and Zhang Shanghong at 20 billion, Yan Ho with China Pacific Construction at 20 billion, and Zhang Xinguao and family at Wahaha at 19 billion. So those are the top 22 richest people in China. And we can see uh, when we review the industries, it's very interesting because they're going from like the richest, which we mentioned was Zhang Shan Shan. He was the founder of a Chinese bottled water giant called Nongfu Spring. And that's why he stands at 72 billion. So if we look at that as an example, look at where the money is being invested in bottling water, polluting the environment with plastic. And as you know, the little water bottles are the biggest contributor to the phenomenon of the, wa the waters of our planet Earth being polluted with plastics, these little plastic water bottles. So he retains his position as China's richest person, uh, according to the latest Hurun Global Rich List 2022 of China. And there you are. Now, the second largest, of course, is ByteDance, which is the founder of the company TikTok. And that's followed by Zhang Yuquan. Now, he's the chairman of the China's largest battery supplier, Contemporary Emperex Technology. And, and then, of course, Tencent, the CEO, Ma Wateng, also. Um, so those top five people, uh, you look at what their industries are, uh, clearly very interesting to understand their role in some of these polluting industries that we're studying to look at global capital markets and where the capital is concentrating. So it's very interesting that this year of 2022, they quoted that there's a total of 3,381 entrepreneurs with a personal fortune of at least $1 billion that entered the list. And that's 153 more than the number in the previous year. So tremendous amount of growth in billionaires in China. So China is now leading 
with 1,133 billionaires, followed by the USA, which currently has 716 billionaires, and then India with 215 billionaires. And when you look at the 10 richest people in China, it's interesting. Let's review some of these industries. So just the top 10, Number 10, he's a major pig breeder. Okay, so making the pork uh, items. The number nine, Wang Wei, which we already reviewed, he is a delivery giant. So this is you know the growth of the delivery industry in China. He's number nine. Number well, actually, that was number eight. No, they didn't. They don't have a number not and number eight. So we're going from nine to seven, and that is Lee Kaxing and family with C.K. Hutchinson Holdings. And we can know that when it's a holding company, they probably have a plethora of different industries inside of the Hutchinson Holdings. Then you have Ding Lei, also founder of NetEase. Number six is He Xinjiang with Midia, also a diversified company. You have Jack Ma and family, and they are also are diversified with Alibaba. And then Ma Watang, who we went through already with Tencent. And then Yang Xu Quan, and that's with the uh, the battery supplier that we reviewed. So very interesting that all of these companies are also in industries from the plastic bottler, the water, which is number one, to these diversified companies in China, also in petrochemicals, fossil fuels. So the reason why we're highlighting these two countries which are now the most populous and the second and third largest economies in Asia, is to understand when you're auditing the global capital markets and you're wanting to answer questions like, why is it so challenging to make the transition from these fossil fuel polluting industries to more green energy companies? You can see by the numbers what the challenge is with most of the elites in the richest countries in the world, the most populous countries in the world, are investing their money in the fossil fuel industries. And it's quite a transition to move from fossil fuel industries to green energy when you have majority shares and companies committed to the fossil fuel industries. So let's work on Understanding now that we have a little bit of a breakdown of the richest people in these countries, getting a little bit deeper into what is going to happen with this whole question of the influence. Because I think let's revisit what we talked about with the whole issue of the most economically influential countries. 
because I think this will be interesting to return to now that we've analyzed deeply some of the contributing factors for India and China. So if you look at the US News and World Report's best countries rankings and power sub rankings, it's interesting because this report, again, to accompany our previous broadcast and some of our former analysis, we look at how China is still the number one in being economically influential. It has a GDP or the gross domestic product of $17.7 trillion. And we know now that they have this rising population uh, head to head with India, but currently standing at 1.42 billion people. Now, overall though, it is the 17th in the overall rankings because of other factors. So if we review China, it's home to one of the world's oldest civilizations. China has been ruled by the Communist Party since 1949, when the nation was established as the People's Republic of China. The country is the world's most, well, it was the world's most populous, now India is, and it is considered the second largest by land mass. The central government recognizes dozens of ethnic groups, with the Han Chinese accounting for more than 90% of the population, while there are nearly 300 languages that are recognized across the country. Although Mandarin Chinese is the official national language, in spite of the 300 other languages that are recognized. China has been one of the fastest growing major economies in the world since the former leader Deng Xiaoping installed reforms in 1978. A single party socialist state, China has since moved from being a centrally planned to a market-based economy. China's economy is the world's second largest trailing only the United States of America. China's rapid economic development poses several domestic challenges, including balancing population growth with its natural resources, a growing income inequality, and a substantial rise in pollution across the country. The World Bank notes that while the sustained economic growth has lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty, China remains a developing country with many people still living below the nation's official poverty level. Air pollution in the nation's major urban areas poses a major health risk and the International Energy Agency in 2012 noted that China is the world's largest emitter of carbon dioxide. At the same time, media have reported that China is a major investor in renewable energy, which is a good sign for the future. China's rapid economic rise helped secure President Xi Jinping a new five-year term in 2017, and as we know, he won again in 2023. With delegates at the Communist Party's Congress voting to name Xi Jinping in the Constitution, giving him expanded powers. The nation's rapid rise in global influence also has led to challenges abroad. China has come under frequent criticism, most notably from the United States of America for its human rights violations and its human rights policies.
Political freedom remains tightly controlled and China has some of the world's tightest restrictions on internet usage. China regularly ranks near the bottom of international rankings for media freedom. China is recognized as possessing nuclear weapons. It has been a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council since 1971 and as a member of several international and regional organizations, including the World Trade Organization and the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation. Now, if we go back to understanding the next largest economy, which is the United States of America, it is viewed as the number two in economic influence and the number four in the best overall countries overall. It has a gross domestic product per year of $23 trillion and a population now at 340 million. And it has a, interesting enough, uh, GDP per capita in China is 19,338, while in the USA, it's 69,288. Now, the United States of America, we can review later because we've gone over this from prior discussions. So we're aware of the power of the USA economy. So let's go back and look at the major economies that we're reviewing because you see, if you look at this ranking, the number three in economic influence or economically influential would be United Kingdom at 3.19 trillion in GDP, 67.3 million in population, and a GDP per capita or a PPP of 49,675. Germany is number four in economically influential at $4.22 trillion and 83.1 million in population and a GDP of about 57,928 per capita. Number five in economically influential would be Japan with almost $4.94 trillion in GDP, a population of 126 million, and then the GDP per capita of 42,940. Number six in economically in influential would be Russia with $1.78 trillion in gross domestic product, a population of 143 million people, and a GDP per capita of $32,803. The number seven in economically influential would be the United Arab Emirates at $359 billion in GDP, a population of 9.99 million people, and a GDP per capita of 66,766. The number eight in economically influential would be Saudi Arabia with $834 billion in gross domestic product, population of 35.3 million, and a GDP or PPP per capita of 49,551. The number ninth in economically influential would be France with $2.94 trillion, population of 67.5 million, and a GDP per capita of 50,729. Now it's interesting, right? Because we'll get to this in a second. France is about to approach the same $3 trillion in gross domestic product as the entire country of India. So there India is with the most people on the planet Earth and they have the same gross domestic product as France, which doesn't even have 67 and a half million people. Now the 10th, 
most economically influential would be Canada. They have a GDP of almost $2 trillion and a population of only 38.2 million people and a GDP per capita of $2,085. Now, that is just so important to understand these numbers. The number 11th most economically influential would be South Korea with $1.8 trillion in GDP, population of 51.7 million, and a GDP or PPP of 46,918. Now, number 12 in economically influential would be Switzerland at $813 billion in gross domestic product, a population of 8.7 million people, and a GDP of 77,324. Well, we know when you have fewer people, it's easier to have a better purchase power prop, uh, parity of <laughs> almost 77,500 per year for everybody in Switzerland. Very, very high. Australia is the number 13th in economically influential with $1.54 trillion in gross domestic product, 25.7 million people, and a GDP of 55,807. Now, Singapore is number 14 in economically influential, and they have a GDP of 397 billion, but their population is only 5.45 million people but their gross domestic product, PC, or purchase power parity, is at 116,486 per person. That's amazing. Qatar, very similarly, number 15 in economically influential. They have $180 billion gross domestic product, only 2.93 million people. So their GDP or PPP is 93,521. Very, very large. Now, finally, we get to India. India is, no, is uh, now number 16 in economically influential. And they have over $3.17 trillion in gross domestic product. But their population, as we just reviewed, is over 1.42856 billion people. Um, but their gross domestic product or purchase power parity is still very low at 7,334. That's why we're concentrating on India today and learning about where they are in light of their very, very high level of population growth. Italy is number 17 and economically influential with $2.10 trillion in gross domestic product and then a population of 59.1 million people and then a GDP or PPP of 45,936. The number 18 most, most economically influential would be Sweden. They have $627 billion in gross domestic product, a population of only 10.4 million people. So their GDP or PPP is at 59,324. Next, the number 19th economically influential country is the Netherlands. They're at $1.02 trillion in gross domestic product, population of 17.5 million people, and a GDP or uh, PPP of $63,767. Now, number 20 in economically influential would be Spain at $1.43 trillion in GDP, 47.3 million people, and then a GDP or PPP of 40,775. Number 21 in economically influential is Israel. They have $482 billion in GDP, 9.36 million people, and then a GDP or PPP of 43,722. 
Next, we have Brazil as the number 2020, number 22 and economically influential with a GDP of $1.67 trillion, a population of 214 million people, but a GDP or PPP of only 16,056. Norway is number 23 and economically influential with $482 billion in gross domestic product, a population of 5.41 million people, and a GDP or PPP of $79,201. Next, we have Belgium. They are the number 24 and economically influential with a gross domestic product of 60, of, pardon me, of $600 billion, a population of only 11.6 million, and then a GDP or PPP of 58,931. Number 25 and economically influential would be Turkey. And they have a GDP of $815 billion, a population of 85 million people, and then a GDP PC or PPP of 30,472. Next, we have Austria. Austria is number 26 and economically influential. It has a GDP of $477 billion, a population of 8.96 million people, and a GDP or PPP of 58,427. Next, the 27th in economically influential is Denmark. Denmark has $397 billion in GDP, a population of 5.86 million, and a GDP or PPP of 64,651. Next is Luxembourg. Luxembourg is number 28 in economically influential. It has a GDP of 86.7 billion, a population of only 639,000, and a GDP or PPP of $134,754. I think that's the highest we've seen so far. And that's Luxembourg, a very small grand duchy of Luxembourg. Now, number 29 and economically influential is Finland. And they have a GDP of 299 billion, a population of 5.54 million, and then they have a GDP or PPP of 55,007. Now the number 30 in economically influential would be South Africa with a GDP of $420 billion, a population of 60 million, and a GDP or PPP of 14,420. Number 31 in economically influential would be New Zealand. They have a GDP of $250 billion, a population of 5.12 million, and a GDP or PPP of 46,420. The number 32 in economically influential would be Mexico, with a $1.29 trillion in gross domestic product and a population of 130 million people and a GDP or PPP of 20,036. Number 33 and economically influential would be Bahrain. They have a GDP of 38.9 billion, a population of 1.75 million, and a GDP or PPP of 45,411. Next, we have Ukraine, which is number 34 and economically influential. They have a gross domestic product of $200 billion, a population of 43.8 million people, and a GDP or PPP of 
14,220. Number 35 and economically influential is Iran with a GDP of 232 billion, a population of 85 million, and a GDP or PPP of 15,791. Next is Egypt, which is number 36 and economically influential. They have a GDP of 404 billion, a population of 104 million, and a GDP of 13,316, or a PPP of 13,316. That's Egypt, number 36, and economically influential. Now, number 37 and economically influential would be Thailand, with $506 billion in GDP, a population of 70 million people, and a GDP or PPP of 19,209. Num the number 38 in economically influential would be Argentina with a GDP of 491 billion, population of 45.8 million, and a GDP or PPP of 23,627. The number 39 in economically influential would be Indonesia, which interesting enough has a growing population they have a GDP of $1.19 trillion and a population now of 276 million people. And that 276 million people is slated to rise to probably approach almost 300 million people soon in Indonesia. So they may be only 39 and economically influential, but they're soon going to be the third largest economy in terms of population, the third largest country in terms of population. Next would be Malaysia, which has a GDP of 373 billion, but they have a population of only 32.8 million people. So their GDP or PPP is 29,617. So very interesting. Uh, let's just cover a few more uh, as we wind down this program. Number 41 would be Ireland as the economically most influential, number 41 at $499 billion, population of 5.03 million, and a GDP or a PPP of 106,456. And then number 42 would be Oman in terms of economic influence, and they're at 85.9 billion in GDP, a population of 5.22 million, and then a GDP or PPP of 31,118. The number 43 in economically influential would be Portugal with a GDP of 250 billion, a population of 10.3 million, and a GDP or PPP of 35,888. Number 44 in economically influential would be Vietnam with 363 billion, population of 98.2 million, and a GDP or PPP of 11,553. Number 45 would be Belarus in economically influential. Belarus, number 45, with $68.2 billion in GDP, population of 9.34 million, and a GDP or PPP of 21,699. Number 46 in economically influential would be Greece with $216 billion in GDP, population of 10.7 million, and a GDP or PPP of 31,295. Number 47 in economically influential would be Poland 
with a GDP of 674 billion, population of 37.8 million, and a GDP or PPP of $37,503. Number 48 and economically influential would be the Philippines with a GDP of 394 billion, a population of 111 million, and a GDP of only $9,120. The number 49 and economically influential would be Colombia with a GDP of $314 billion, population of 51.3 million people, and a GDP of $16,894. Number 50 and economically influential would be Morocco at 133 billion in GDP, population of 37.3 million people, and a GDP of, uh, or PPP of 8,144. Now, this can go on for another 50, but we're gonna stop and do the next 50 on the next broadcast because I think it's interesting to continue to review all the economies that are the next 50 as we see the growth in the world economy. What an interesting discussion today. Understanding and auditing the global capital markets with Allison. Reviewing today the growth in the populations of India, surpassing that of China, and looking at the elites and the power of the most richest people in India and then in China. And clearly, we're gonna to continue to explore this and really dive even deeper to understanding where the money is going and what it's being used for and you know, understanding each of these countries. Because I think ultimately what we're gonna discover is we'll be able to get the breakdown from understanding what the gross domestic product is per country and where the global capital markets places the capital. And we can see what it's gonna to take to move the mountains in the global capital markets to shift to a greener economy, a more fuel efficient approach, a better use of our energy, a better investment in our overall use of funds um, for a greener economy globally. All these things can be answered by understanding where is the money going and what is it being used for? We've reviewed repeatedly what's happening, understanding the world's billionaires and where they're putting their money. So we know from reviewing the world's billionaires before, uh, we got a sense of the fact that you know, the net worth of the world's billionaires increased from, you know, less than $1 trillion in 2000 to over $7 trillion in 2015. And as of uh, 2023, it is surpassing um, 13 to $14 trillion. So it's very, very important to do the dissecting of all this information and really understand an audit of the global capital markets. And that's what we're doing with Allison. So what an exciting day, what an exciting program. So if you want to get into dialogue about these issues and explore more deeply, let us be in touch. I'm Allison Johnson, and you can reach me through the website of www.2414morgan.com 
We're at 2414 Morgan Development International. We are exploring how to work across the globe in shifting the work and understanding and advisory services to the most powerful industries on the planet Earth to move into interesting sectors from fossil fuel industries into greener energy sectors. You can also reach me across social media at Allison Johnson. I'm across Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and all of the other social media outlets from Twitter across the board to LinkedIn and otherwise. So feel free to find me at Allison Johnson and send me a message. Let me know what you think about our discussions on auditing the global capital markets with Allison. And I look forward to continuing the dialogue. So it has been a very exciting program and I look forward to returning to continue the discussions where we left off, looking at the next economies, the next 50 economies. We reviewed the first 50 and looking at their economic influence, their population growth, their economic prowess, where their elites are, what industries, where they're investing their money. Very fascinating discussion. So let's continue the dialogue. I look forward to hearing from you. Wherever you are in the world, have a beautiful morning, a beautiful day, or a beautiful evening, and look forward to hearing from you at Allison at 2414morgan.com or across the social media outlets or on the website, www.2414morgan.com. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day and a great month of April, 2023. And thank you for auditing the global capital markets with Allison. Take care and all the best. Cheers.